What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey Carrion and Jared Marcus. Jared, good to have you back, buddy. And now that the gang is all here, we can get back into our usual rhythm, and today we are going to break down the upcoming DraftKings Week 10 main slate. As always, the slate is shaping up to be really interesting. I like it. You know, I sent my dummy cash line to the group chat this morning. I think I heard the words disgusting and trash in return. (laughs) So, you know, well, we're probably going to have a pretty good podcast here. Um, You know, as always, we're going to go position by position. After that, we will give a few 1% GPP exclusive plays and then finally close out the show with our best bets of the week. But before we get into any of that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? As always, you can support the DFS Dose by subscribing to us on iTunes, uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever our, our uh, podcast gets published. Go ahead, subscribe to it, follow, <clears throat> like, comment, share the podcast. That's the best way to help us out. Also, go ahead, follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. And then you could join our Slack chat, which is our pin tweet on said Twitter um, at the DFS Doe. So go ahead, join all that, and uh, that's the best way to support us. All right, so before we get into our positional breakdown, uh, you guys want to give us a little bit of a slate overview here. Jared, uh, we haven't heard your beautiful voice in about two weeks. You want to kick us off here? Um, well, I mean, you could just start already Linus by playing Christian McCaffrey. And if you don't, I mean, you could just lose if you want um that is facts but it's gonna be a either a week where you pay for McCaff and go with the value receivers which is the optimal way in my opinion or you pay for like michael thomas and fade mccaffrey for saquon which is not optimal so don't do that because that's stupid that's just silly but i don't know mccaffrey's going for 40 points this week and that's going to be sad to watch because the packers are my team obviously so going to be tough and sad McCaffrey uh the highest priced player we've seen this season in NFL up to 10.5 and it really doesn't feel like he is expensive enough we'll d- uh, dig a little bit more into that when we get to running back um also interesting point you made there about fading Barkley versus Thomas that I think is going to be a huge decision point for a lot of people this week uh what are you thinking about this slate Joey yeah I think I think it's a pretty interesting slate um there's there's some good plays on this side, I would say, especially a wide receiver. And I think this is a week where um you're gonna see people pay down at running back and maybe their running back two spot or the flex spot, especially to pay up for you know a guy like Michael Thomas this week. So it'll be interesting to see how all the lineups shake out. Um, that's that's personally what I'm looking towards uh this week in terms of lineup construction. Yep, that definitely stood out to me as well in terms of lineup construction. You know, there's a lot more mid-range running backs, I think, that we can project for 20-plus touches than Mm -hmm. in recent weeks. A lot of the time we're looking at, you know, 6, even 7K for for like the minimum that we're spending at running back in cash. And I think that there's several guys, 5.5 and under, that uh, we're going to be looking at this week, and we will get to that shortly. But before we do, let's just uh, kick it off with quarterback. And uh, what are you guys thinking in terms of cash game? quarterback for me i don't really think anybody is in play under 6.5k but uh if you disagree uh you know let the people know (laughs) i mean i i disagree i mean we talked about it earlier um 
Ryan Tannehill is uh, firmly in, pe- in play for me this week at home against Kansas City. Only 5.1K on DraftKings. And the you know the salary saver of paying down to him um, frees up a lot in terms of the rest of your lineup. So I don't mind playing him. And he hasn't scored under 19 points so far this season as a starter. And I think he has a clear path to at least 3x his salary this week in a plus matchup against the Chiefs, um, especially at home. Um, what do you think about that one, Jared? Ryan Tannehill, fifty one hundred. Joey's funny sometimes with some like some some, some good plays, man. Some good plays. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably not though. I'm not playing Tannehill. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean. <laughs> it's hard. He's so cheap, and he's been playing well. I mean, he's averaging what? When is that? 20, 51, 60, 70. Fucking, like, 24 points a game, almost, over his last three starts. And he gets a bad Chiefs pass defense. Well, he's going to have to score because Mahomes is going to be back. I mean, I guess it's not bad, but it's not optimal because Kyler Murray is going to go off. And he's my favorite play. Yeah. Um, Kyler Murray, I'm right there with you. You know, four of the last six quarterbacks to face the Bucks have been top five fantasy quarterbacks. Um, you know, the thing with me and Kyler Murray, I mean, it's obviously very young in his career, but so far the home road splits that he's developing are substantial, like eight points difference uh, versus, um, you know, higher at home versus on the road. And he is on the road here. And if we're in that range at 6,500, we could just go to the other side of the ball for 300 more and plug in Jameis Winston. And, you know, I absolutely love Winston this week. I mean, he's reached that 300-yard bonus in five out of the last six, including 380 yards in half of those last six games. He's a high-floor, high-ceiling play, home favorite. Bucks have the second-highest implied team total on the slate. I think he's deservedly the highest uh, or the third-highest-priced quarterback on the slate and just in like a a real football sort of note you know obviously the main concern with Winston is that he could have a meltdown interception game at any point but he's thrown nine more interceptions against zone compared to man coverage and cards play man at the 10th high or at a top 10 rate I should say in the league so I don't really think that you know a Winston meltdown is really uh in play or or at least likely in this spot so I think for that 300 just get a little bit of a higher floor um and Jameis Winston compared to Kyler Murray are we scared of Pat Pete? Absolutely not. No? Did you see that no. clip of him getting just cooked all game by Emmanuel Sanders? <laughs> no, but I did see the statistic of him allowing 82% of completions uh, thrown his way since returning from suspension. Yeah, He dude, is officially washed. He was getting, I don't think, I think you're taking that too far. <laughs> but, um, he's... Got to get back into football. See, if he's going to stick Mike Evans, I'm fading Mike Evans. And Godwin is going to be right up there with Michael Thomas for me. But I mean, Michael Thomas roasted him last week, right? Or was that not last week? I'm tripping. Roasted last who? week. What was that? Though that was the week uh, before the bye, if I'm not mistaken. Was he stick? Was Pat Pete sticking him? Uh, Pat Pete doesn't shadow wide receivers. He just stays 
on you know the one side of the field that he plays on. So I mean, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna sacrifice Mike Evans to his side, though. Honestly, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think in the year of 2019, Pat P has a a prayer to stop Mike Evans, who's coming off of back-to-back games of 180 yards or more. I don't know, man. I think this is Chris Chris Godwin. In terms of Jameis Winston, um, since he's the quarterback of the team, I, I like him, <laughs> and I, I like I like Winston this week. And we're just forgetting the biggest part, which is the the revenge game of Bruce Arians, which I didn't think about earlier. Yeah. So Winston is uh, firmly in play, but it's like the thing with me is is you could pay five hundred more and get Lamar Jackson, who has a higher floor and a significantly significantly higher ceiling, in my opinion, against the Bengals this week. So it'll be interesting to see where people go. But Lamar Jackson is definitely my favorite play at quarterback this week. Um even though he's really expensive top uh option on the slate, seventy three hundred. Uh I mean people are gonna play him. I don't know if I am, but He's my favorite, personally. How can I mean, you, if you can get there, obviously, you know, he's a smash. It's so hard to argue anybody over 6,500. Yeah, I think, personally, paying down at quarterback just allows you to do so much with your lineup that it makes up for the potential points that, you know, Winston or Lamar Jackson may score over a guy like Ryan Tannehill. Say Ryan Tannehill finishes with 20 and Winston finishes with 30 or 35, I think you make that up with the rest of your lineup and more, um, personally. It's possible. Um, one thing I just want to say, I didn't really respond to your Tannehill point. You know, I Not that I think this will necessarily happen in this matchup, but I don't think that Tannehill's floor is 19. I think that that would just be like a small sample size sort of uh, you know opinion to have because he's only started three games. I think that Tannehill definitely has a much lower uh, floor than that. Um, Maybe not in this spot, though, you know, what with them having to keep up with Mahomes. But, you know, in terms of Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's doing things that we've never really seen. He's 11th in the NFL in rushing right now. He has the highest yards per carry of any player in the NFL right now, 6.4 yards. You know, the Bengals are bottom two in pass rush and QB hits. You know, Lamar has 26 or more DK points in six out of his last eight games, including a 33-point showing against the Bengals just four weeks ago. Um, you know, normally, and we're getting into the time of year where we're going to really have to start considering this, you know, players on offense perform more poorly against, um, you know, division rivals the second time around. That's definitely an established trend. But, you know, with this Bengals team, I really don't think that's in play, especially against a guy like Lamar Jackson, who really just took it to, you know, the best defense in the league you know, on national TV last week. So, um, you know, if we can get there to Lamar Jackson, I think that we have to, but um, again, it, it's, it's hard and there's, there's other options. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. And also I personally, I think Drew Brees is squarely in play for cash too, which nobody's talking about. I don't think anybody will play him in cash, but at home against Atlanta, which is um, almost just as good of a matchup as facing the Bucks this season they're just so hurt in the secondary and i think breeze to michael thomas um could be the absolute uh nut pairing this week yeah they have the highest um, team total on the slate <coughs> in the in the uh, superdome i think this is a smash spot for breeze um but he's not he's not getting mentioned it's just 
blowout factor, I think, is the difference between him and, and you know, the Bucks and Cardinals game, for example. I mean, I guess there's a blowout factor, a certain blowout factor with Lamar Jackson, but I think his rushing negates that in terms of a cash game play, whereas Breeze, you know, could get up really early and then they could just rush it with Kamara and Latavius for the rest of the game. But, I mean, he's a great play. There's no doubt about it, especially in this spot. Yeah, um, yeah I think Breeze is a good play. I also wouldn't mind playing Matt Ryan if he does play, personally. Oh, You're going to play Matt Ryan going into the Superdome? That's nice. Hey, defense doesn't matter, right? <coughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if they're going to be down in this game and Matt Ryan's healthy, they're going to be throwing the ball, and then you could basically lock in the 300-yard bonus for Matt Ryan at 6,100. Um. But I don't know if you uh, really have to go there this week. But I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Matty Ice. Um, okay, I'd rather play Tannehill than him. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would rather play Tannehill than him too. I mean, just, just some Matt Ryan stats. I was hoping you'd bring this up. You know, the Saints haven't allowed a top 14 quarterback in their last five games. You know, they're well-rested coming off a bye. They're at home. Saints are top 10 in sack rate, QB hits, and they're facing, you know, an immobile quarterback with even less mobility coming off of an ankle injury. I, I, I think that, you know, the the streak of 300-yard bo- uh, bonuses are coming to a close this week. With I mean, Ryan. it already came to a close technically because he got hurt. Yeah, but that was injury-related. You know no, I mean. no, 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 no. He got locked up and came out the last drive. I don't want to hear that. Mm. He got locked up. Okay. Matt Shaw played for drive. like damn near a half, bro. But... No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Look Brian. it up. He definitely. Well, yeah. while you guys, somebody looks that up. Let's move on to running back. Right? Dude, he had six attempts. <laughs> he played more than a drive, though. Bro, he had six attempts. He might have played two drives. Matt Ryan came out at the end of the game <clears throat> when he got sacked by Aaron Donald and fumbled. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Jared's actually right about I this. I am. But, I know um, I am. 100%. He knows it. Because um, I was driving. Anybody else here? Uh, not at quarterback. Not at quarterback, yeah. Um, no interest in the Bills-Cleveland uh, Bills game for you? <laughs> Imagine playing okay, Josh cool Allen. On, Could not be me. <sighs> You're yeah, such a hater, yeah. bro. He's a hater, but I probably wouldn't go there either. Not this week. Um, Such a hater. You know who I'm going to play? Ryan Finley. (laughs) If AJ Green were back, maybe. But no, no thank you. Um, Wait, let's move on to running back here and talk about McCaffrey. Mm, Not in play against the Colts. Oh, that that scary Colts secondary. (laughs) Exactly. (sighs) Got it. Let's move on. We don't really have to cover much in terms of Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we touched on it. He's, you know, 10.5K, and he's still too cheap. So we're, we're locking in McCaffrey, and then what are we doing from there? Uh, um, I heard you talking about Ronald Jones, so I would love to hear the nonsense that you're spitting out. The nonsense. Because <laughs> um, well, I saw that his projection jumped way up because I refreshed my page, and somehow Jack Doyle is top three projected also. Yeah, that, that one doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, Ronald Jones, okay. 
I don't really I don't know how I feel about this. I guess it's kind of like I'm considering it, but I don't think I'll go there. I like the 5k range a little bit more, but I mean for 4.3k, he's going to be one of the better, you know, plays in that range that we've seen this season. You know, he was named a starter by Bruce Arians. He was already the starter, but I think the fact that they decided to come out in the media and name him the starter uh, starter early in the week just shows that they're going to be a little bit more dedicated to him. Then before he touched the ball 20 times last week for the second time this season, I think that that is squarely in the range of outcomes for him again. Cardinals allowing 104 yards per game on the ground, and he's a home running back in the second highest uh, team total of the week. Increased snap uh, and pace you know, in this game against the Cardinals. I think there's a lot of reasons to like Ronald Jones. I guess the one reason not to like him is that he's a complete scrub, but... <laughs> You know, I mean, that doesn't really factor in that much to me as much as his opportunity. Okay, sounds good. I'll play him. Joey? Yeah, I don't mind him this week. He's pretty cheap. He projects to be one of the best point-per-dollar plays on the slate. Um, But there's just some other guys that I'd rather play for not uh, that much more. Like David Montgomery is only a 1,000 more. I'd rather play him over Ronald Mm -hmm. Jones. David Montgomery has also seen – Increased usage over the last two weeks, um, 27 carries, four catches two games ago against the Chargers, and then 17 touches last week against the Eagles. Had a pretty productive day against both teams, a couple touchdowns in each game. And I think they're uh, very <clears throat> content on giving him the ball now, which is... They have yeah, to be, don't Mitchell they? Mitchell Trubisky is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Remember when Jerry was touting him so hard? Uh, <laughs> Low-key Bears fans, man. No, 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 no. Low-key no, 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 Bears no, fans. No, 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 no. It wasn't low last year. It definitely year, wasn't no. low. Because I liked a guy coming out of college. Like, he was a good player in North Carolina. Or not North Carolina. That was his but sophomore year, bud. Either way, the Lions are giving up the most points per game to running oh, backs. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, so the Lions are giving up the most points per game to running backs on the season so far. Um, they're just all around bad against opposing running backs, and the Bears are also Trash at home. Team. Yeah, they are very bad. So I love David Montgomery at fifty three hundred this week. I think he is one of the pay down options at running back, and you could uh, project for him to get around twenty touches, which is very very good for a cheap price tag. For sure, 24 touches per game over the last two, 73% snaps in back-to-back. And like you said, I mean, he's getting targets. Like, it's not just, um, you know, Tariq Cohen there anymore in the passing game. They're they're feeding him. He's like a true workhorse. Um, and the Lions have the worst run defense in the league pretty much. So, I, I 5,300, I like Montgomery. And they really don't have any other way to go about attacking any team because Trubisky is just so, so bad. So... Yeah, Montgomery, but how do you think he compares to uh, Devin Singletary at 5K, who is going to be really popular this week? He has really taken the job over there in Buffalo, playing on 66% of snaps last week, had a career high, 14 more touches than his previous career high, um, with 23 uh, touches last week, um, You know, and the Browns are pretty much a run funnel as well. So I think that a lot of people are going to be looking to jump on Singletary this week at 5K. Yeah, I like Singletary a lot this week, too. The Browns are the third-worst team in terms of rushing yards per game. They're giving up over 140 yards on the ground each game, and I think he's also a smash spot. Just the only concern is that 
is that they still kind of use Frank Gore here and there. But I think his role has increased enough to where 5K is just too cheap for him, um, especially this week against the Browns. The only concern is that the Bills are going on the road into Cleveland and, you know, this could be a bounce back spot for the Browns as the Bills are not good. Um, I'll say that. Um, okay, that's fair, but neither of the Browns, neither of them are really that, that good. True. And, uh, you know, the Browns are hyper aggressive in the way that they rush the quarterback. So I think that, you know, the way to mitigate that, especially on the road, is just going to be to run the ball. So, you know, um, what do you think about these two guys in the 5K range, Jared Montgomery, Singletary? Uh, how do you feel about those two guys? I like Montgomery a lot. I think I think I'm locking him in my cash games. I don't know about Singletary. Like I like Singletary. I think he's a good player. It's just this the sh- the thing with Frank Gore. Like he's only touched touched the ball over twenty times once this year. He's only touched the ball over ten times once this year. I should say. Yeah. So like, that that's fair. Just, Is it recency bias for us to just expect him to do that again? I think so, but I I think we we're seeing the passing of the torch right now. But yeah. I don't know. They just it's just hard to tell, I guess. Um It's like it's almost like we want it to be the passing of the torch and so yeah, we're all gonna assume yeah. it is, I mean, but Frank like I, I personally think Ronald Jones touches also, are better. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. So I mean I think that's just a situation I wanna stay away from and let them kill me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I don't I think I'm just going to stay away from that. GPP, I'm all over. Singletary is a good player. He's pretty explosive. Um, but Cash, I think I'm just going to stick to David to uh, Montgomery. Sing- I mean, Singletary's fine, I guess, if you want to take the chance. I'm just not taking the chance. Cause I, could- I would expect him to be game flow independent, too. You know, if they get down, he would be the one in there, not Gore, uh, in terms of pass catching. But Yeah, for sure. Uh, just... Someone else we got to mention, I think, is Jalen Samuels. Uh, we got the report today, Thursday, that uh, Connor's out. So Jalen Samuels saw a huge price increase, 2300 from 4K. They brought him up to 6300 this week. Last week, had eight attempts for only 10 yards, but you know where he really hit value was through the receiving game like everybody expected him to. Had 13 targets, caught all 13 of them for 73 yards, and, you know, I think honestly kind of ran a little bit bad getting only 20.3 points on DraftKings with 13 targets and just, I mean, the way they targeted him, I would expect them to do so again this week. Uh, Ramsey will probably uh, lock down Juju and they're just going to be dumping it underneath the Samuels all day and all night. Um, do you guys have any interest in going back to Jalen this week at a higher price tag? No. Yeah. I don't like he's definitely not in play for cash. I want to mind him as a GPP play. Because obviously you get a phenomenal receiving floor with him, which is uh, very good for DraftKings. But I don't think mm-hmm. there's a need to go back to him um, this week in cash games. He's just in that kind of price range where it's like hard to play any of these guys. So Yeah, I'd probably rather play Derrick Henry I mean, over him. I'm going to say Derrick Henry is an elite That's GPP play this week. Every week, he could easily just just score three. T- or yeah, two or three he's one of the best running back plays on the board. Because if the one way to beat the Chiefs, which has been showcased this year, is to slow the game down mm-hmm. and run the ball and control the clock, 
um, just like what the Colts did going into Arrowhead. But this week, the Titans are at home against the Chiefs, which um, obviously helps them with the home crowd and everything. So I, I love Derrick Henry as a GPP option. Um, if you want to get frisky and plug him into your cash, I wouldn't mind it. It's just he doesn't have a receiving floor. Um, so I wouldn't play him in cash. But GPP, I'll probably take a shot on him. Yeah, an early week ownership uh, suggests that that would be a high leverage play as well. I definitely like that at 6,400 at home with Derrick Henry. Um, moving up a little bit, you know, Marlon Mack, I expect to be pretty popular this week. I don't know if he'll be popular in cash or not, but the thing with Marlon Mack to me, it's kind of like what we were just talking about with Henry. It's like, I don't know if he's a cash play, even though the ceiling is there, but he hasn't had you know, double digit fantasy points in back-to-back games yet, you know, through eight games, it's been double digit points and then under 10 points, um, every single, every single week this, uh, year. And, you know, I just can't play somebody like that in cash for seven K even in a nut matchup against the dolphins when realistically, you know, he's going to be getting you under 10 points, 50% of the time. So I personally don't have interest in going there, even though, you know, Marlon Mack, again, I would love to go there in GPPs, kind of like Derrick Henry. It's just we can't really trust the floor there. Yeah, I, I mean, think. Marlon Mack is averaging 21 touches um, <laughs> per game this season. Derrick Henry's averaging 20, but I think they're just in that price range, especially Marlon Mack at 7K, where it's hard to play them in cash just because they do not have a receiving floor at all. I mean, Derrick Henry might get you, like, you know, a screen touchdown like he did last week. Um, against the Panthers, but Marlon Mack, I don't think he's in play, but, you know, I think he is going to be very popular um, just because the matchup is outstanding against the Dolphins, who are giving up over 150 yards on the ground per game. So, I mean, I don't mind it, but he's just in that price where it's um, not worth it for cash, in my opinion. Yeah. An elite GPP play is also Nick Chubb. Oh. I think they bounce back and beat the Bills. And Chubb has to be a part of it. Chubb and Odell pair him up. Yeah, no doubt about it. I like Chubb as well at 7K um, at home for sure. And, again, I probably wouldn't play him in cash, especially with Kareem Hunt returning. And we didn't really talk about that that yet. But, I mean, Kareem Hunt is mid-price. Uh, here we go. Um, by far the best player that we've had you know, on DraftKings that's min price. I mean, you know, Kareem Hunt was looked at as like a top five or six running back just last year. Um, you know, obviously his role is going to be much different here with Nick Chubb being the lead back. But I mean, Dontrell Hilliard was already getting over 30% of snaps in this offense, including goal line touches. I mean, not that he should have been, but Freddie Kitchens is a total donkey. So it's not surprising to me that he was misusing his personnel like that. And they were talking as early as last week about Hunt having a defined role on this team. So for 3K and GPPs, uh, I definitely think Kareem Hunt is in play. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> the thing is... GPP, GPP yeah. I yeah. I wouldn't mind the GPP dart throw, but it's like, what is that defined role? Is that, you know, 10 touches a game? Is that four touches a game? Um, we don't know. I mean, I, I can see playing him in a GPP, but I think ultimately we this is just a wait and see approach and it's not worth you know spending your money on a player that is coming back off of eight game suspension hasn't played in a while and is clearly the second running back on his team so that's just my th- joey if you just wait and see your whole life you'll never that's win just that my really. 
thaw on it. You need you need to see while everyone else is waiting. You feel me? I think you could see and win and wait on some uh, unknowns. I guess, but one thing we know is that Kareem Hunt is, is a baller on the field. But I, I feel you on that. I mean, just a little bit of projection here. I do think that his role is probably going to be about forty percent of the snaps, and maybe some snaps with Nick Chubb on the field as well. Um, he clearly, you know, projects to be the better pass catcher of the two, even though Chubb <coughs> is proficient that way. I mean, he's he's not Kareem Hunt in the passing game, but uh, we can move on here. Um, Play Kareem Hunt. Got a couple GPP. more. Yeah, I, I agree, especially large field GPP. Um, even single entry. I don't even care. I mean, if you want eight touches, go ahead. So now not eight touches for 170 yards okay. and four yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Okay. Um, Closing out here, we have a couple more before we uh, finish off. Mark Ingram, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara. How do you feel about these three guys? I, I don't think any of them are cash plays, but I think all of them have some GPP uh, reasons to like them. I think um, for, I don't know, I, it kind of cut out. I don't know, you, Kamara, did you say Barkley too? Uh, no, 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 we'll finish with Barkley. Kamara, but, Jones, but Murray. in terms of... Uh, uh, Ingram, Ingram, Jones, uh, Ingram, Jones, Kamara. Kamara. all right. Um, so I think honestly, if you want to go the you know, jamming the top running backs, I do think Kamara is in play for cash. But the only concern is the role of Latavius Murray. Um, what is going to happen now that Kamara's back because Latavius Murray absolutely balled out in the absence of Alvin Kamara, but before. He did that, and Kamara was healthy. Kamara was seeing, you know, his seventy to eighty percent, while Latavius was only seeing what ten to fifteen percent of the touches in the backfield. Yeah. Um, like averaging like five to six touches a game. Um, obviously, I think that's going to change, which hurts Alvin Kamara more than Murray. Um, but I think he's in play if you're not if you're not a believer in Latavius. I think it's a game script question to me. Like, I mean, if the, if this was going to be a really close back and forth game, um, which I guess there's a there's a chance that it could be. I don't expect it to be, but I think that then we would see full fledged featured Camara. But you know, if you think that the Saints pull ahead, I don't see why they would just like force feed Camara. You know, the fourth quarter. I think that Latavius definitely earned some more touches with his you know monster performances in week seven and eight. So. Um, you know, I think that maybe we see something similar to what's going on in Green Bay, where Kamara is the Aaron Jones of the relationship, and and uh, Latavius is the Jamal Williams. Um, how do you feel about that, Jared? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, that's just a situation. To stay away from until you see how it shakes out. <laughs> Especially at the price, like if Aaron, jo- if if I'm sorry, if Alvin Kamara was like seven k or six k, you know, six point five k, I'd be all over it. But I mean, we're we're talking about paying, you know, only six hundred less than Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah, and Latavius Murray at seventy three hundred is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that as well. Like these dudes I must be smoking wild. some crazy weed or something, because seventy three hundred, like he's more expensive than Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean. I think they just I think they're not assuming that Kamara's gonna be back for this week and that mm-hmm. you know Latavius had a they didn't want to make had a twenty five, you know, touch floor in Kamara's absence. 
So, I, I mean, I, if Kamara was out again, I think everybody would be on Latavius at 7-3 against the Falcons at home, um, seeing, you know, 30 touches a game. That's why they price him like that. But now that Kamara is back, obviously it's it looks like a stupid price, which it is. And, like, you're an absolute just, you know, idiot, brain dead if you play him. But, <clears throat> yeah. Um, Jared, Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram, thoughts on either of those two? Mm, I always like any running back against the Bengals. So, Mark Ingram is fine for GPP. <sighs> Aaron Jones is fine. Um, I think they get him way more involved after what happened last week. So, I think this is a great GPP week for him. Obviously, mm-hmm. not cash on any of these guys, but I think Aaron Jones gets way more involved. I think he only had t- uh, nine touches last week. Yeah. Nine. Yep. Yeah, nine touches last week, 33 yards. Uh, no, 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 no. 29 yards on nine touches. So, um, yeah, they're they're going to force feed him the ball. They, already, they were trying to get Devontae Adams going, but he still doesn't look too healthy. So, I think they're going to go back and lean on Aaron Jones until Devontae Adams gets healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be huge Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams week. Honestly, I think you could play both of them in the same lineup and be fine. Um, Yeah, I like Aaron Jones GPP. I, I like him more than Latavius. I like him more than Kamara. I like him more than Ingram. I actually, I actually like him more than everyone below him. For GPPs, I think this is a great price for him because I think I think this is a week where, like I said, they're gonna lead. They have to lean on him because he's been our best offensive player. So and the Panthers have been a run funnel as well. They, I mean, you know, Bradbury's been amazing. Um, you know, their secondary as a whole has been playing really well, and you know, they're pretty low in terms of being able to stop running backs. And I think his price and recent production at seventy four hundred is gonna price a lot of people out of playing him. So. Right. Definitely for GPPs, but let's move on to I think the decision point of the slate. Uh, it'll be our running back to wide receiver transition. Obviously, Saquon Barkley at eighty eight hundred is going to be a very popular play, I imagine, and then Michael Thomas at eighty three hundred. So let's let's debate these two guys because you know McCaffrey's a lock, and we're not going to be able to play three players above eight K. So is it going to be Barkley or is it going to be Michael Thomas for you guys? Or is it going to be neither in terms of cash games? Uh, it's a tough, it's a tough uh, decision. Um, I guess it just depends on what type of DFS player you are. If you want to, you know, prioritize getting, you know, top running backs in that, you know, you'll, you'll see guaranteed 25 touches um, like Saquon will, in a good matchup, basically at home. I mean, they're technically on the road, but it's their home stadium um, against the Jets, mm-hmm. who are not good. I mean, they're not bad against running backs, but they're not, you know, all too good. And I think he is a great play this week. But Michael Thomas just has an insane uh, floor and an insane ceiling. So I, I think I'm more inclined to go with uh, Michael Thomas this week, personally. Yeah, it's so hard not to play Michael Thomas when Drew Brees is on the field, especially against a team that can't guard anybody. Because every yeah. target, if you could, if you project Michael Thomas for, for say ten targets, which is pretty probably pretty standard, right? I mean, I would project him for eleven because he hasn't had less than eleven. He's in averaging ten point nine targets on the year. 
Okay, yeah. So yeah. if you're projecting him for 11 targets, he's going to prob most likely catch 10 of them. So, I mean, his floor is 10 if he gets zero yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... And he's had over 110 yards in three of his last four. Falcons are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to wide receiver. I mean, Thomas is the most expensive wide receiver on the slate uh, at 8.3K, but I think that's obvious and justifiable, like he should be. And the thing with Barkley is, you know, Joe, you said a minute ago that, you know, like 25 touches is realistic, but I mean, he's only averaging uh, 19.3 touches per game this season. Um, he has as many games under 20 DK points as, as games over. It's half and half for him. Um, and I know that that's more like production than opportunity, but I mean, still it's worth noting. And this giants <laughs> offense as a whole is going to be down Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. So, you know, you could look at that in two ways. You could look at it as more opportunity for Barkley, or you could look at it as the offense is going to be less productive than usual. So, you know, I am not the type of DFS player to ever pay up for wide receiver and cash, but I think that this week I will be because, because I think that Michael Thomas has, a higher floor and ceiling than Saquon Barkley this this week. Um, Michael yeah, Thomas know. is the nuts. It's weird to say, but he's a, he's a smash this week. He's the nuts. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, and I think the slate like plays into it too. Like, there's there's more mid range running backs I think that we can consider than mid range wide receivers. Yeah, I would love to play for Bar- pay for Barkley. Like, I really want to, but like as we've been talking, like. Michael Thomas is just the nuts. Yeah, he's the best yeah. wide receiver play on the board, you know, at home against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. This is just an absolute uh, smash spot for him this week. I think he scores at least 25 points, which is, you know, more than uh, value. So, In terms of some other high-priced wide receivers, uh, what is sticking out to you this this week? We already kind of talked about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, what who else up there? I mean, even though like I still think this is Aaron Jones' week, Devontae Adams is six point nine. That is low for the type of player he is. He could easily break out. Rodgers could easily just target him 15 times and say, me and you are going to win this game because everyone else I is I mean, trash. he had 11 targets last week, only seven catches for 41 yards. Yeah. Um, I think you'd expect, expect more production than that when you're seeing 11 targets against the Chargers. Um, I, I love Devontae Adams this week. I also yeah, like... Yeah, I agree with that. I also like Odell. I also like... I mean, it's hard not to love Cup. I mean, Cup is just on another level. Last time we saw him, That's he true. had seven catches, two twenty, and a touch. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think you could fade Julio. I mean, GPP, you could always play Julio. So, like, I don't hate that. Um, Tyreek Hill is a he could score a forty yard or a sixty yard touchdown to anybody. I'm probably yeah. fading Mike Evans. Um, or have very little of Mike Evans. And Galladay is probably going to be a fade this week because I don't like targeting the Chicago pass defense. I agree with pretty much everything you just said. I I don't I wouldn't fade Mike Evans, but I would be heavier on Chris Godwin this week, especially if the ownership is on Evans. Um, and the it's other thing be. I want to respond to is 
Odell Beckham. Um, I mean, 6.1K on DK. I tried to look it up earlier. I couldn't really find if that was the lowest price he's ever been on DraftKings. I assume that it is. And I think he's going to gain popularity as the week goes on. Baker's already in the media talking about force feeding OBJ, which is just showcasing the dysfunction of Cleveland. Like you're broadcasting your game plan to the opposing team on like Thursday. Like you're just a clown for that. But, you know, Tredavious White is going to shadow him and he's allowed one touchdown in his last 18 games. Um, he's a good player. He's a baller. going to fade Odell. Don't I mean, I know Odell can be anybody, but I just, I don't know, man. This Cleveland team is completely broken. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, dude, who would have thought going into the season where you have a team of Baker Mayfield, who I always thought was trash. I'm going to put that out there. I always thought he You're was just horrible. mad he planted the but, flag on Ohio State's field. That's just. We've had this discussion on the podcast bias. before. I, I always thought he was horrible. Um. They have Jarvis, Njoku, Odell, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, a solid offensive line. Like, who would have thought they'd be this bad? It's just nuts. <laughs> Obviously, they haven't had Njoku or, or Hunt, but still, that's still three top-tier players, or four top-tier players on your offense with a good offensive, a pretty decent offensive line. And it's coaching. Freddie Kitchen said that he's not a statistics guy. He doesn't look at the numbers, which basically means that you shouldn't be a coach in the NFL. So that means he's playing Madden. A clown. Yeah, exactly. Um, Joey, what are your thoughts on these uh, high price I guys? Mean, so I think Michael Thomas is already established as a clear-cut best option. Then I think I would rank Mike Evans and Godwin in the second, second tier. Um, and then as an elite GPP option, I love Tyreek Hill this week. Going up against, you know, Malcolm Butler. Um, nah, dude. Nah, I think Butler Butler's out for the season. I, he's hurt. Adoree Jackson. He'll be on Adoree. He's not good. Um, Mahomes I, is back. The thing with the thing with Adoree Jackson is he is kind of fast, so it's not like Tyreek's going to burn him. But That boy Tyreek I mean, yeah, is, still, is a different still. animal. Dude, Tyreek outran Damian Williams on a 95-yard run. Dory Jackson's not stopping. How crazy is that that Damian Williams had a 90-yard touchdown and nobody talked about it because Tyreek outran him? Literally. They're like, who cares about about this 90-yard touchdown? Look how fast Tyreek is. I mean, he's just an absolute superstar, although he, you know, disregard he might be a trash bag human, but he's a good football player and Especially with Mahomes, Mahomes yeah. back, we know he has you know forty, forty-five point upside on any given week in a good matchup um, against Tennessee. So I don't mind Tyreek. I think he is in my third tier personally. But I love Mike Evans this week. I love Chris Godwin as the top options, and you know maybe some cup action in GPPs. I don't think people are going to be on cup that much this week. Yeah, rank um, rank your top five, bud. In, in uh, order. Thomas, and then, well, I'm not playing any of the others in cash, so I guess for GPPs no, just overall, I would go. just overall. Overall? Yeah. Uh, Thomas, Evans, um, Cup, Godwin, Hill, I guess. Really? Maybe Evans, Godwin over Cup. I'm Evans not sure. Too. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just can't I can't fade Evans with the kind of run he's on, but I, I personally, I think once you consider things like, you know, the fact that 
the the Cardinals have given up 10 touchdowns to the slot and that ownership is going to be lower on Godwin in GPPs I would probably play Godwin. Yeah, but um Godwin just with Mike Evans the Cardinals have the fourth worst pass defense Mike Evans is averaging the most receiving yards per game this year he has the most air yards out of anybody this year he's just been absolutely snapping I don't think there's any reason to fade him yeah um so let's move on because we're going to need to find some value here at wide receiver, especially if we're playing McCaffrey Thomas and an expensive quarterback. Um, so what do you guys like in terms of value? How are we going to fit, fit all these guys? Well, can't steal Joey's guys, so I'll let him talk about I don't know him. who that guy is. Um, Christian, yeah, Kirk. Christian Kirk is easily one of the, the best values on this slate, in my opinion. 5.2K at home against the Bucks. He's averaging about nine targets mm-hmm. in the games that he's played with Kirk. Um, just an all-around good spot for him going up against a defense that has given up the most DraftKings points to wide receivers this year. Um, just a just a great spot for Kirk. Uh, he's definitely a lock this week, in my opinion. An absolute lock. I like him. I like him for GPPs more than cash, but I'll imagine give that. not um, playing Christian Kirk in cash this week. Uh, couldn't imagine be me. thinking someone's a lock who has two five target games in their last four stone lock. <laughs> um, it's not about what he did; it's about, about what he's going to do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, facts. He'll probably get twenty targets this week. Um, <laughs> Uh, what, what, what about you, Jared, besides Christian Kirk, what are you looking at in cash? Uh, I think we got to go back to our boy, uh, Tyler Boyd at 4,700. Bro, I got flamed for thinking about Tyler Boyd last time I played him in cash. I know the salaries were different, but the matchup wasn't different. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was flaming me. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't Jared. It was me. I, I played him too. Yeah. It was the last time they played the Bengals. He had. Three yep. catches for ten yards on seven targets, but his oh, man, targets this his targets this year, 12, 10, 11, 6, 14, 7, 14, 9. I mean, you know, like we gotta get some positive. He's only yeah. has one touchdown. On the he worst team one, in the NFL, he has, he has two games over seventy yards. We gotta get some positive positive like regression going i think uh i think this is a week this is it it's either him and Devontae aj green is not returning uh as expected his splits are better with aj green in the lineup though that's the crazy part um it's just hard i mean i think we have to throw a lot of that out though with a rookie quarterback right yeah i mean it's just hard to trust when ryan finley is your quarterback um Mm-hmm. You well, you gotta go to your best player, right? That is true. That is true. I mean, I mean, I was saying <laughs> he's gonna have thirty-seven targets. I was saying game. before I was considering him. That'll definitely be something that I'll have to think on, because um, he is cheap for you know the targets that he gets. But all around, the Bengals probably are the worst team in the NFL right now. Maybe even worse than the Dolphins, in my opinion. Um, new starting quarterback. I think he's a rookie. I'm not really sure. Um, ju- just a bad team, you know, going up against a good defense in the Ravens. And 
if the first game was any indication, which I did uh, tell you guys, Marlon Humphrey is going to shadow Tyler Boyd again, which could give him some problems. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Um, another guy I want to shout out for cash is at 4,800, 100 more than Boyd is Devontae Parker. Um, you know, I know Parker has gotten, you know, sort of a bad reputation, but, you know, maybe – just maybe that's because his start of his career was, you know, dictated by Adam Gase, who we're learning is a complete clown when he doesn't have Peyton Manning bailing him out. Um, you know, Parker has a touchdown in four of his last five. He's averaging eight targets over his last three. Uh, Preston Williams is gone, which I don't really think necessarily increases Parker's share in the offense. It just more so makes him the clear to find number one. Um, you know, I think guys like Kasicki and Albert Wilson will benefit in terms of target share more from the Williams injury, but, um, you know, I don't expect Parker to go down by any means and, um, you know, Indianapolis should be winning this game. So I would expect them to be targeting Parker. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I like, I think I like Parker a little bit more than uh boy this week. Um, I think he's squarely in cash consideration as well, personally. Yep. Um, do you guys want to shout some other GPP options out real quick before we I mean, move on to tight end? Another cash option is AJ Brown if Corey Davis sits. I mean, Corey Davis was either limited or missed practice yeah. today on Thursday. Um, so if Corey Davis does miss, that means AJ Brown. We could probably project for him to see, you know, seven to nine targets, I would say, in an up pace game against the Chiefs where the Titans are going to have to throw the ball. And AJ Brown would be the main benefactor, and um, he's a great uh, red zone receiver too, as he's a big-bodied guy. So I like him at forty-three hundred, especially if Corey Davis sits. If he sits, it'll be hard not to play him for me. Nah, see, Joey, you're making you're making the wrong play, oh, my here guy. Here we go. Don't even say. It's Tajay no, Sharp, no. thirty-one hundred. But nah. And we'll get to him in a minute, but dude, I mean, honestly, <laughs> Tajay Sharp, Tajay, Tajay Sharp is going to be a full-time player. Um, but yeah, I mean, AJ Brown, AJ Brown as well, but I mean, seriously, I mean, Tajay Sharp, 3100. Yeah, I want to find it as a GPP dart throw. He could get you a touchdown easily. Um, you guys are forgetting the better receiver on that team. Johnny Smith. Adam Humphreys for the win. <laughs> Adam Humphreys, thirty five hundred as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I think Adam Humphreys is really good. They're just literally not targeting him, which is weird to me. But I think I what it is for cash. I'd rather play. I, I'll play Adrian Brown GPP. That's fine. Like any week, that's fine. Cause he, I mean, he. What do you go off for like two <coughs> weeks ago or three weeks ago? Couple touchdowns. I know he had one of those games. Yeah. Oh, this was like four weeks ago. Oh my God, it's been a long time. Jesus Christ. Never mind. Forget me. Anyways, but Animal Humphreys is just he's just safer in my opinion. Um uh Tannehill's gonna be pressured a lot in this game. There the Chiefs pass defense has actually gotten a lot or pass rush has gotten a lot better, so we're gonna see a lot of check downs. He's gonna throw the ball a ton. It's Anna Humphreys should Honestly, I he's fine for cash. Honestly. If you wanna pay it for Barkley, Calf and Michael Thomas, I don't mind I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind playing Adam Humphreys. I would need to look at their snaps. I just I I don't think he's on the field that much because they don't run a lot of uh, three wide receiver sets, and he's exclusively a slot receiver. I think Tajay Sharp would probably outsnap him in most situations, unless they're just getting blown out and uh, running like straight three receiver sets all the time. Um, I mean, they probably will get blown out. 
That's fair. That is fair. Um, I'll shout out Darius Slayton real quick. Um, Shocker. You know, the Giants are kind of, uh, you know, like like we mentioned a little bit earlier, they're, they're going to be out of Ingram. You know, Ingram is currently uh, one of the, you know, most used red zone targets. We saw Slayton get uh, two touchdowns against the Lions a couple weeks ago, and the Jets are a pass funnel. I like Slayton at 4,200. Um I mean, that's really it for the guys I want to shout out. Maybe Calvin Ridley, a little bit of GPP action. I mean, he's got a pretty decent track record against um, the Saints. He hasn't scored under 23.3 DK points against them in his two career games. Granted, obviously an unsustainable and small sample size, four touchdowns through two games. But I mean, Calvin Ridley should see increased slot usage, which we know is a spot to target against the Saints with Mohamed Sanu gone. Yeah, I don't mind Ridley as a GPP option, but... I mean, that's all he is this week. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else you guys want to shout out? What about someone that nobody's going to play? Uh, it's probably not a good play then. All right. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> Rob- no, tell the people. Uh, Robbie Anderson. Dude. I was thinking the same thing. I actually played him last week because I thought that, you know, that was the move against Miami, but um, I'm willing to go right back to it, especially after he burned people last week. Dude, his price is just coming. It came down 800. And yeah, I know, I like that I know Sam Darnold sucks. Or Actually, I don't even think Sam Darnold sucks. It's just something's wrong. I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. I don't think I he's think a it's... bad quarterback. He's, got he's a, just, you know, bad mind space. He's really young, and he's, he's got, got a terrible donkey coach. As a coach so. And Robbie yeah. Anderson, we've seen Robbie Anderson have big games before. And the Giants' yeah. pass defense is not good. They gave up, even towards the end of the game last week, they just gave up a bomb. It wasn't even a bomb. It was like a, it was like a, a kind of shallowish post route to Cooper, and he just outran him. Robbie Anderson can definitely do that. Yeah. The same yeah, way, he absolutely can. The same way Gallup, he had like a twenty-ish yard touchdown, I think. It's it's <clears throat> very possible. Yep, and in that same price range uh, for GPPs, I would like to shout out my boy Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, I think he's going to go overlooked. I think he's a great stacking option with Lamar <laughs> Jackson as well. You know, I mentioned earlier that the Bengals are, you know, bottom three and, you know, pressure and ability to rush the quarterback. Lamar's going to have all day to sit back there if he wants to. And the Bengals are allowing the fifth most completions 20 yards downfield. So I think that we haven't seen it in a while and people are going to overlook it, but Marquise Brown could definitely break a slate. I want to say this right now. The GPP move might be fading Barkley and Calf and paying for receivers. We've seen it happen before where these value guys go for 20-ish and then a whole bunch of receivers just go off. Happened, what, two weeks ago or last week? Was Cook last week? I don't know because I'm never winning GPPs, so I can't really no, Cook. Uh, to that. <laughs> Cook was last week where he got 16, right? Yeah. Obviously, like the calf, the calf thing was working out till they let this band run for 60 yards straight up the middle on him for a touchdown. But like, you don't have to play both of them, you know. You don't. Yeah, have to. I don't see myself fading McCaffrey in any lineup. Because last week the points well taken. Last week, like a high salary Evans went off, a high salary um, Lockett went off, and there was someone else. I forgot who it was. But if you just paid up for receivers and faded, you could even you could have even faded McCaffrey and still took take it down GPPs. 
that is fair. Um, let's move on here to tight end where I think that our pool is going to be really, uh, you know, shallow this week. There's really not that much in play. So, um, you know, I think that Travis Kelsey is actually, you know, a really good play. I don't think that we can get there in cash, but I mean, you know, we've got, uh, you know, Mahomes returning. He's only 6,400, which is, you know, cheap in terms of Travis Kelsey. I will note that his targets are really not what they were last year when he was completely smashing, but he's still got one of the better, um, you know, turn, you know, just in terms of target share and obviously talent, he's one of the better plays out there. Um, this time last year, Kelsey had four games with 10 plus targets. He's only got one this year. So, I mean, it's definitely not exactly the same role. They're more active in terms of the different wide receivers they're spreading it out to. But I mean, in terms of GPPs, I'd be willing to, to take a shot at Kelsey. Yeah, I want to mine him in tournaments. He's definitely not in cash consideration. Like you said, there's only a few guys in consideration for cash. And for me personally, the main guy that I'm going to be targeting is Mike Gesicki. Um, 3,100. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about it before, but tight end is one of the spots where you can always look to pay down as basically tight ends are just trash. It's that simple. Tight ends suck this year, especially. Um, freaking Will Disley yes. is the top 10 tight end right now in PPR formats. This dude hasn't played in, in five weeks. <laughs> so that's, that says yeah. a lot about the tight end position this year, especially for fantasy. And like we mentioned, Preston Williams is out. His uh, target share um, is going to increase. He's been playing on 70-plus percent of the snaps. He's running, you know, routes on a good percentage of Fitzpatrick's drop back. So I think he's definitely in play this week for cash games um, at 3.1K. I agree, I agree with that. Um, also I'd like to just shout out Johnny Smith, who I think again, you know, if Corey Davis sits, he could be a beneficiary of that. And this should be a pass heavy game script for the Titans as, uh, they're most likely going to be chasing points the entire game, but really in cash, I think it's going to be one of those two guys, either Janu or Gasicki, um, just because we really need to save that salary and, and paying 3,500 or less for a tight end seems like a smart play. And there's there's no Darren Waller. There's no Evan Ingram. There's no George Kittle on the slate. So we're, yeah, we're I, I mean, I think Jack Doyle's in play, too, for 3,600. Um, he might. Why are people on Jack Doyle? Can you can you tell me? I don't I don't understand. This I one. mean, he's seeing consistent targets, and he has uh, some upside, especially if Hoyer's there. I think Hoyer will look to Jack Doyle a lot. Um, and if T.Y. Hillen's out, too. And also a good matchup against the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd rather play Gasicki for 500 less. Honestly, Gasicki I mean, is a lock for me. So, yeah, I agree. I'm not playing Doyle. I don't care how high he is. Yeah, and there's I, might be a little squeaky wheel with uh, Eric Ebron. He had a meeting with the coach today to discuss his role, which he's unhappy with. Um, I don't know what that means, but I mean, worth noting, I guess. Um, yeah, that that's really it. I mean, OJ Howard returns in what we all used to believe was the flow chart against the uh the Cardinals, but I mean the trash the know. trash GPPs thirty three hundred trash OJ Howard versus the, the flow chart of the Cardinals. Who will succeed? I don't know, man. I guess we'll find out. Um there's a good one percenter for you though. Let's move on to DST. We're running a little long here. 
And I mean, I have nobody to really talk about at the high range. Like it's just not going to fit for lineup construction this week. The Patriots aren't on there. I mean, if you want to go all the way up to 4K to play the Ravens on the road in the second divisional matchup against uh, Finley, be my guest, but um, I won't be doing that. I think that the clear main defensive play this week is the Steelers who are still underpriced at 2,600, especially for cash games. They would have 4X this 2,600 salary for six straight weeks. Um, They are just absolutely smashing. Um, they, They just play so aggressively. They blitz a lot. They get a lot of pressure on the quarterback and, you know, they've had four or more sacks five times since week two, a lot of turnovers generated. Um, yeah, I think that the Steelers are the optimal uh, cash defense. To yeah, play they're playing week. really well um, this season. They're actually one of the highest scoring defenses so far, you know, besides the Patriots. They haven't scored under, what, 11 points since week two. Like, yeah. they had a solid, what was it, 19 points last week against mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Colts. I mean, I played them at 2,400. I thought they were the best option, the pay-down option. I think they're one of the best pay-down options this week as well for everything you mentioned. Um, I also like the Browns at 2,500. Um, I think they're in play at home against the Buffalo – against the Buffalo – against the Bills – uh, we know Josh Allen is a turnover-prone quarterback, and they should be able to get some good pressure on him. And I, personally, I'm not mm-hmm. a believer in the Bills' offense. I don't think they're really all that talented. I don't think Josh Allen Josh Allen is uh, that good of a quarterback. You know, Devin Singletary's all right. Um, John Brown's all right. But other than that, they really don't have anybody that is, you know, of concern. Personally, in my opinion, so I, I think the Browns are also up there with the Steelers, and it's definitely out of them to never paying up for a defense in cash unless it's the Patriots in a you know a good matchup like a couple weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. I'm well, on the. I, uh, I is Mahomes playing? Like yeah. for sure. He he was he was full so, yeah. participant in practice yesterday, so Wednesday and today, so. Mm-hmm. Which is a good sign for his availability. That's yeah. trash. Now I had to switch my lineup because I was going to play the Titans defense. <laughs> well, um, not against Mahomes. Other than Steelers or Browns, Jared. <laughs> um, well, now I'm off the Titans flow. Uh, I mean, GPP, you could play the Panthers because if the Packers melt down again, Rogers is going to get sacked like twelve times. <laughs> <laughs> They've had a great they, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a good GPP pivot. I mean, they'll definitely have a lot lower ownership, especially if you just Zach Price is the Steelers. So. Yeah, just just pivot off the Browns to the Panthers. You never know. Like no one would have thought it was gonna happen last week, and then they just Joey Bosa just destroyed he was in Rogers' face the whole game. Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Like the Panthers have one of the best yeah. defense like honestly, one of the best defenses I mean, in the league. Yeah, I agree. I think they're really good. But, I mean, just a pivot off the Browns, you could just pivot to the Steelers. I mean, they're the same price as the Panthers, but the Steelers right now are projected to be a one percenter at defense. So, I don't know. What are the That's Panthers? Crazy. The Panthers can't be much Panthers higher. are also one percent. So two one percenter defenses. Yeah. I mean, defense are the. Yeah, I guess you could take I'm the Steelers. That the Steelers aren't chalk. You could take the Steelers just because. I know we home. talked about it. I mean, off the pod, but the Rams perceived you know high powered offense. That's why. Um, yeah. Jared Goff is big but I, on the road. I'm gonna say that. So yeah, I do like exactly. this. But I think, exactly. and also, yeah. I think it is a clear O line and D line mismatch. Um, the Rams' offensive line hasn't been that good this year, and the Steelers actually do have a good defensive line. T.J. Watt is an animal. 
I watched part of the game last week mm-hmm. against the Colts. He just wrecked the Colts O-line. He is an animal. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a monster. Um, the only other one I'm considering, like, uh, you know, a little bit cheaper than this. You know, I talked earlier about, um, you know, Winston's <coughs> turnovers probably not coming uh, against the team that plays mostly man. But, I mean, still, we're talking about Jameis Winston here. I mean, he could throw a pick six. Anytime he's out there on the field, Cardinals are only 2.2K, and all it takes is one when you're at that price. So yeah, I, I would consider sure. that. But, but you know, I mean, I, I'm expecting a big game out of the Bucks, so probably not. But it yeah, could but happen. Is there anybody else we got to mention? See, with the Cardinals is if they get any type of pressure, this dude Winston is just like he – sometimes he just doesn't know what he's doing or just runs around in a circle with a ball in the air like a little yeah. child. So, he like – and then he'll just toss the ball up. <laughs> but um, – yeah. I mean, the Cardinals are fine. I honestly do not like paying over 2500 Like, if I played the Steelers, I'd be breaking that, obviously, but 100 isn't shit. So, like, I'll probably end up playing the Browns. I I don't think I've paid over 2500 for a defense this year. If I did, it was 26 <laughs> I've been yeah. fine playing cheap defenses. Like, all I need it's is just, five points. And I'm, I'm, for I'm this sure. season, the cheap defenses have been running hot um, more than normal, I would say. I feel like I'm scoring 10-plus out of my defense every week so far this season, which is, you know, nuts, and that's just running hot. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, stick 26 or below, in my opinion, for cash. I don't think there's really a need. I mean, you could always play, like, the Giants, I guess, because Sam Darnold is just horrible right now. You could play. That's crazy, though. I can't believe that they're priced higher than the Steelers. It's because it's the Rams. Name name Wild. name value goes a long way. Yeah, I mean you could always play the Saints for thirty seven against you know Matt Ryan or uh, the Colts for thirty five against That's just, Fitzpatrick for GPP, but it's just not optimal yeah, to pay yeah, up. Yeah, but yeah. um, same thing with the um, you could always play the Lions defense because Bears can't Trubisky. score right now. Um, you could always yep, play the yep. Bills defense because the Browns can't score right now. Like there's so many defenses you can play. It's just paying down. It just is just the optimal way, just because, especially because we want to play calf. We want to play a quarterback over sixty-five, unless you go to Tannehill, which I guess is fine. You want to play a top receiver like Mike Thomas, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, it's just hard to do that if you're paying three K. You know, like five hundred goes a long way. Five hundred is the difference between Matt Ryan and Kyler Murray. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. Um. Let's uh, close this out with a GPP play. Give me a one percenter, guys. Somebody that you think might be able to ship one of these large field GPPs. You know, we've got the Millie Maker for a you know actually you know logistically possible field this week. It's a uh, hundred dollars, so five times more expensive than usual. But I think that the player pool is about five times smaller. It's only forty four. 0.4k entrance in the millie maker one of the more realistic shots that someone out there will have to take this thing down this week so um you know who's a one percenter that you think could uh you know win us that millie um, joey just adding on to that real quick i think yeah the field is smaller but the field will also be sharper because the casuals aren't gonna you know pay a hundred dollars to enter the millionaire maker this week so that is definitely something to consider when building your millie maker lineups um <clears throat> but they're going to be definitely more optimal. Yeah. More-ish yeah. optimal. So if you have $100 to blow, get off, go ahead, get off the wall. But you're not going to see yeah. a lot of these guys we're going to mention. They're, they will literally mm-hmm. be 1% yeah. probably. 
I think you're going to see a lot closer lineups because yeah. of that reason. But um, um yeah. <laughs> but as a as a low owned option, I think I mean as of right now, AJ Brown is projected to be low owned, so I guess I would go there. But that'll obviously change with Corey Davis uh, news that may or may not come out um, in terms of the week. But if not him, uh, Calvin Ridley at two percent would be my n- next uh, option as a low-end option this week. I also have two I can't decide between. Yeah, throw them out there. Darius Slayton or Golden Tate? Love Darius Slayton. Um, Yeah, I mean, both of them, honestly, I think are are pretty good options there for you. We've seen Golden Tate. I mean, Golden Tate just had... This dude, Daniel Jones, is riding him. He had... Where is it? His game log. How many catches did he have last week or targets? I forgot. It was a lot. My thing's not going to show it. Never mind. Can't get you guys stats right now. Hold on. There, There's some Stop. news out there that six, six targets. That all three of the Pittsburgh running backs besides Samuels may not play. So it may be the, the Jalen Samuels show. That's interesting. We'll have to consider you can get that for sure. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on on Twitter as well at the DFS Dose. We will keep you updated on how that goes and how it affects uh, Jalen Samuels as a GPP play. Um, for me, I would like to shout. I mean, I already mentioned it, but I think Tajay Sharp at uh, what I'm seeing right now is projected zero percent ownership. If if uh, Corey Davis is gone, I mean. He'll be an every-down player in a pass-heavy game script, and they target him in the red zone. I kind of like that. And also, um, uh, Kareem Hunt, who I'm seeing uh, between 2 and 4% right now. So I like both of those as you know, basically min-price plays that can uh, you know potentially just allow you to fit in multiple of the most expensive high-ceiling players that we've been talking about all podcast. But um, Dude, oh my God, we'll close out on. the show here. Real quick, is yeah. Andy – wait, hold on. I just lost it. Andy Isabella? Wait, is he on this slate? Yeah. He is on the slate, and I'm sure that he is very, very cheap. Yeah. I mean, he's got like five catches this season. Yeah, dude, but he just caught like an ADR touchdown last week, so like, you never know. Uh, recency bias, I think, but I, I, yeah, maybe I, they, get the, I get the reason. Maybe they give him more touches. You never know. It could happen. If he catches the ADR touchdown at mid-price, give me that. Yeah. You're not wrong there. Um, Let's close it out, though, with our best bet of the week um oh, what do you guys got for me let me pull up fantasy lab best bet of the week i mean there there's a lot of good games to bet on i think this week um i like a lot of games i think <clears throat> um i think you can go with the colts minus 10 and a half i like that at home against the dolphins i think that's squarely in play hmm. um that's, I was gonna say that the Dolphins plus ten and a half. If if uh, Brissett is out, I like. But, I mean, um, you know. Okay. I think the over in that game is is um reasonable. What's it at right now? Forty four. Already jumped the point 44. and a half. I probably wouldn't get it okay. any higher than that. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I kind of like the under in the Packers game. It already dropped a point and a half. Forty six and a half. Hmm. I don't think that's going to be very high scoring. Dude, the 49ers are a six-point favorite. That's next week, bro. Gone by. <laughs> nah, they're Monday night. Oh, Monday night. That's why I'm not seeing it. I have that crossed off. Six-point favorite. That's nuts against the Seahawks. Um, Let's see. Best bet. 
Honestly, yo, underdog lines to win. The Bears are horrible yeah. right now, dude. Like, horrible. That's fair. The Lions' defense is so, so bad. But I guess with Trubisky, it's not a huge factor. Um, That's fair, I guess. I mean... I'm trying to think of the Should best the Chiefs best. only be, like, six-point favorites against the Titans? Like, I don't know about that. That's a little crazy to me, but... Honestly, um, the over in the Bucks game. I don't know why that line's dropping, but give me, give yeah, me that. Over like 52. That. Yeah, let it keep dropping, too, and then smash it. Um, yeah. And for me, I think, uh, I mean, I don't think that the Ravens are favored by enough, you know? <coughs> like, it's it's ten and a half, same as the Colts. Like, is the disparity between, you know, the Colts without Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins the same as the Ravens against a rookie quarterback in his first start? Like, I don't think so. Um, I, I like the Ravens, minus ten like and a half there. Um Oh, and yeah. uh, like a, that's not a sports sports bet technically, I guess. Michael Thomas prop over his yards, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. It's probably gonna be like, <laughs> it's probably gonna be like eighty-seven and a half or eighty-eight and a half. I would I would assume something around there. Smash over, and the same with um. Who else? Who else is gonna be low? Oh, Jameis Winston, his prop will probably be at like 288, 289. I would smash that over also. If you're in the prop right. bets. Yeah, which you should be. Um, but yeah, that is going to be it for us on this week 10 breakdown of the main slate on DraftKings.com. You can follow our uh, main podcast Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as our individual Twitters. Mine is at Ben Hover, B E N H A U V E R. Guys, tell them where Twitter they can find you. Twitter is at Joey Carrion underscore. My Twitter is at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. All right, guys, that is going to be it for us this week. We will see you next week, same time, same place. And if we don't win a GPP, hopefully someone out there does. Let's sail to the money and ball out this week, 10. Yeah.